do, do keep your Bibles open with you at, uh, in Ruth chapter 2, because we're going to be looking at that uh, passage um, carefully today as we uh, think about this idea of, of refuge. It's been lovely, actually, Sarah's prayers. We've much picked up this idea of, of those for whom life is hard and difficult, particularly at the moment, in the midst of joy and celebration and parties and, and that, that we've been going on through this weekend. Uh, for many, life is difficult and it's hard, and there are challenges and, and struggles and this passage in many ways speaks into that. I, I love that, the, the, uh, the words from Boaz in, in verse 12 where he says to, to, to um, Ruth, may be, be richly rewarded by the Lord, the God of Israel, under whose wings you have come to take refuge. It's a lovely picture, isn't it? Psalm 91 says the same. It's found throughout the scriptures. The Lord will cover you with his feathers and under his wings you will find refuge. It's a wonderful picture and image. God offering safety and security for small, fragile, vulnerable human beings. Under his wings is the place to be. Under his wings uh, is the only place to fully experience God's kindness and strength. And, and it's the place we all need to be uh, all of the time in this broken, fallen world. And especially at times we feel that need. And there may well be people here today. That was certainly the case for, for Ruth, who we were introduced to last week, if you were around, by, in chapter one, by, by Anil and Theo. If you weren't here this last week, Google online and enjoy uh, introduction to, to chapter one. Um, Ruth and her mother-in-law, Naomi, have experienced the deep bitterness of pain and bereavement. They are far from home mourning loved ones. And Ruth has the opportunity to return to her family and to the place that she knew, the people she knew, the place of security, but she's chosen to stick with Naomi, chosen to stick with Naomi's God. You remember that great statement of loyalty, uh, chapter one, verse 16. Um, you can look back across the page. Where you go, I will go. Where you stay, I will stay. Your people will be my people, and your God, my God. Uh, Ruth, though she was a, a foreigner, she's put her trust in Yahweh, the God of Israel, the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. And we can know for sure that he never turns away those who come to him. And now in chapter 2, we see Ruth and Naomi uh, finding refuge under the wings of God. It's clear that refuge is required for them. They are in desperate straits. Uh, Ruth and Naomi, they're unsupported widows. They've arrived back in Bethlehem after a long journey. They're emotionally drained, physically exhausted, and hungry, physically hungry. And for Ruth, as a young woman, as an immigrant, uh, she's especially vulnerable to abuse. But she has sought refuge under the wings of the God of Israel of the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. And she begins to experience it, and we see it in at least three ways just in this chapter. Firstly, we see it in, in God giving his law, which provided for the poor. Uh, so Ruth and Naomi arrive back in Bethlehem, they've got nothing, uh, no uh, money, they're penniless, they're hungry, they're, what's gonna keep them from starving? Well, in the law that God had given to his people, Israel, God had made provision 
for those who had lost everything, who had nothing of their own. This is what he says in Leviticus 19. We pop it up on the screen. When you reap the harvest of your land, don't reap to the very edges of your field or gather the gleanings of your harvest. Don't go over your vineyard a second time or pick up the grapes that have fallen. Leave them. Leave them for the poor and the foreigner. I am the Lord your God. He's saying to the, the farmers of Israel, look, look the profit margin is, is not what it's all about. You don't have to get everything. You don't have to squeeze everything out of, out of your business. Uh, leave the gleanings for the poor. You see, in the law, as elsewhere, God reveals his heart. And God's heart is always for the, the foreigner, the the, 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 the widow, the, the fatherless, those who are vulnerable and weak. Uh, that's God's heart, and it continues to be God's heart for, for those who, who can't provide for themselves, they should be cared for. And so God provides in his law for those who can't provide for themselves. Ruth and Naomi know that, uh, and because of this law, Ruth is able to say, verse 2, Put it on the screen, I think. Uh, let me go to the fields and, and pick up leftover grain behind anyone in whose eyes I find favor. So she went out and began to glean in the fields behind the harvesters. See, God provides refuge under his wings uh, by writing it into his law, by writing it into his, his, uh, his ways of, of life for his people. And, and, uh, and so we should reflect that heart as, as a church. Uh, Jesus fulfilled the law per se, but, but the law always reflected God's heart and his heart was for the poor. And, and, and we should keep praying for, for God's word to shape our structures, our society, to be a society that continues to, to care for the poor and the weak and the, and the needy, the vulnerable. Praise God for, for our queen who has ruled over our, our nation and is a woman of of integrity, of faith, of, of concern uh, for the poor. And let's pray that that would continue to be a mark of our nation, even if uh, it's a nation moving away, it seems, from, from the scriptures and, and, and from faith in, in God. Uh, let's pray that our society should still reflect at God's heart for, for the poor. So uh, Ruth seeks refuge under the wings of God. She finds it firstly in in God's structure for, for the world, for, for, for the nation, in the law, providing for the poor. Secondly, she's able to find refuge from God because he, he sends a saviour who is full of grace. Now, the main thrust of this chapter, as you heard it read, is, is the generosity of this man, Boaz, who notices Ruth in his field. Uh, we're introduced by, to Boaz uh, by the writer in the first verse, verse 1, uh, do look down if you've got your Bibles open. Now, Naomi had a relative on her husband's side, a man of standing from the clan of Elimelech, whose name was Boaz. So, told, firstly, he's a relative. He's a relative of, of, of Naomi. That's going to become very important as the story unfolds. We'll save that for next week. We're told that he's a man of standing. Now, that word can be used to refer to wealth, or it can be uh, moral integrity, it can be social influence. It's probably all of those things. He's a, Boaz is a respected man in the community. Uh, his wealth, integrity, and leadership make him stand out. Uh, he's a man of faith, as we read on into this chapter. He greets his workers in the field. He says, the Lord be with you. And that wasn't a, a normal greeting. Uh, 
but clearly his expression of faith, his acknowledgement that God is as present in the field as he is in the church. He's, he's out in the, in the, in the world and, and Boaz greets his uh, men like that and, and obviously his faith is rubbed off on his workers because they say, oh, well, the Lord be with you. Uh, the Lord bless you. They, they're, they're men of faith. And then we discover he's a man of compassion or grace. He, he notices Ruth. And he asks about her, and then he speaks to her, and he expresses his, his compassion, at first in simply the way he addresses her. Look at verse 8. He says, my daughter, he's gentle, he's kind, at this Boaz. And then he gives her permission to glean in his field, he gives her protection, he gives her a, a supply of water. And then as we read on into verses 14 and 16, he, 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 he gives way beyond what he, he needs to. You know, don't glean to the edge of the field. You, know, you could just leave a bit behind. But, but he instructs the, man, the men not just to not glean it, but to, to leave clumps of barley behind so that Ruth can gather these in. And the footnote says she collects about an ether. That's, that's, the footnote says 13 kilograms, but one commentator says that's about a month's wages. Uh, and she collects it in the first day that she's there. Boaz, this man of standing, uh, of faith, of compassion and grace, is the means of Ruth finding refuge under the wings of God. Uh, we'll discover in verse 20 that Boaz is described as a, a guardian redeemer. Uh, we'll see in the next chapters that he doesn't just provide food and security for Ruth. In the end, he He's going to bring her fully into the people of God by marrying her. And in doing so, he, he points us to, to Jesus. He is our redeemer who brings us fully into God's kingdom, fully under the, the refuge, the wings of, of God as we come to, to Jesus. But uh, we'll see more of that in chapters three and four. Uh, I just love it the way that, that he notices Ruth and that it's such a surprise. Now look down at verse 10. This is this man of standing, of integrity, of leadership. And at this, she, she bows down with her face to the ground. She asks him, why have I found such favor in your eyes that you notice me a foreigner? She's she sort of amazed at this, this, this man, this VIP who notices her. Small, insignificant in the world's eyes, unimportant, vulnerable woman, an immigrant, Scavenging for food, invisible to most, except those perhaps wanting to exploit her and abuse their vulnerability, invisible to the world, but, but Boaz notices her with deep compassion in order to save her. This being noticed is picked up later on by, by Naomi, who notices you, said in verse 19. And she says it's Boaz. And of course, Boaz points us to Jesus, uh, whose eye is always on us, who notices everything, who sees with a heart of love. You know, however much we seem to be immersed in the crowd, however small you may feel at times, however life becomes tough and difficult and hard, Jesus notices you. He sees you with a heart of love as Boaz did. His eyes are full on you, full of compassion and love ready to save, to provide as we look to him. So here's Ruth. She's looking for refuge under the wings of God. She finds it in God's law, his structure for, the, for society. And he, she, he finds it in this saviour, Boaz, who was who uh, sent uh, by God. And then thirdly, in, 
uh, and briefly, we see God's grace in giving refuge as he works out his purposes for our good. So uh, at the beginning of chapter two, as readers, we've been introduced to Boaz. We know he, who he is. We've been introduced. But of course, uh, Ruth doesn't know who he is, doesn't aware of him at this point. And she goes off in the morning to try and just find a field to glean some barley and feed her and Naomi. And, and she falls in behind the harvesters. And then we read verse 3. So verse 3, so she went out, entered a field, began to glean behind the harvesters. As it turned out, she was working in a field belonging to Boaz, who was from the clan of Elimelech. As it turned out, uh, only four words, as it turned out, but four words that speak powerfully of God's providence, of God's provision. Of all the fields in all of the world, in all around Bethlehem, there were loads of fields. You could have gone and gleaned in lots of fields around Bethlehem. Of all the fields in all the world, she ends up in Boaz's field. The, the Naomi relative field. It's the right location. And then we read verse 4. Uh, Just then, Boaz arrived from Bethlehem and greeted the harvesters. Just then. Two words. I mean, he could have been at the city gate doing his uh, leadership, his, his man of integrity. He could have been at home doing his books. He could have, been, uh, he could have come uh, later. He could have been in a different, another of his fields. Just then, perfect location, perfect timing. Coincidence? I don't think so. Never coincidence in the providence of God. God is at work to care for Ruth, to accomplish his purposes. There's no priests here, there's no prophets here, there's not even God mentioned, in fact, up till now in this, in this passage, but, but God is at work. Leading Naomi, leading Ruth to that field of a relative, leading Boaz into that field at just the right time. The human actors, they're going about their lives, they're making their own decisions, just as, as we do all the time. Ruth and Naomi, they're work, working out, how should we survive today? Well, you, you go off and glean in a field. Uh, Boaz is planning his day, deciding how he's going to do his stuff and, and how he's going to run his business. And, and, and yet God is sovereign and he's working out his purposes to bring Ruth and Boaz together. And it's Naomi who recognizes this when Ruth tells her what has happened. She says, the Lord bless him. He, uh, the Lord, has not stopped showing his kindness to the living and the dead. And then she adds, that man is a close relative. He's one of our guardian redeemers, and he's going to go on to, to show what uh, happens there. But, but Naomi recognizes that God is at work. That the Lord hasn't stopped showing his kindness to us. Uh, initially, in the short term, he's just providing refuge to provide food for Ruth and Naomi. Uh, in the longer term, he's at work to bring Ruth and Boaz together. Ruth and Boaz is going to get married. God's working out his great salvation purposes. Uh, Ruth and Boaz become great-grandparents of King David, as we'll see. And then, of course, it's King David's line who God brings into the world, the Lord Jesus Christ. That's what God had in mind when, by apparent chance, Ruth ends up in a field and Boaz ends up in the same field. You see, God is sovereign. He's working his purposes out. Always at work. Expressing his kindness, providing refuge. Of course, it may not always feel like that. I mean, sometimes it's easy to say that, isn't it? And, and we're in the middle of a trial and a trouble and a struggle and a challenge. And we're thinking, can that really be true? Is, is God really working his purposes out? I mean, 
I'm sure it didn't feel like that for those two women. They returned to Israel from Moab, destitute, having lost husbands, Naomi, her sons, in agony. Do you remember, Naomi says, don't call me Naomi, which means pleasant. Call me Mara, because Almighty has made my life very bitter. For her, it must have felt so hard, so bitter, so tough. And many would have said, well, actually, God can't have been involved in, in control of all this tragedy, all of this stuff that was going on. But even in her pain, Naomi recognizes that the Lord is in control, even if she doesn't understand at this point why it's all happened. And now in chapter two, she begins to recognize his hand again, this time in the goodness and kindness of bringing Boaz into her life. And by the end of chapter four, she's rejoicing in his salvation. God is always at work, often we can't see it. We just have to trust, just have to hold on. He only sees the the, the whole picture, we just see a little bit of it. But he's always working out his purposes and we can trust him. So Ruth seeks refuge under the wings of God. God provides that refuge in his law, as he gives law uh, that provides for the poor. He sends a savior, Boaz, to to, to come into uh, Ruth and Naomi's life. And he's working it out uh, behind the scenes. And so as we, as we close, uh, two brief uh, responses. Uh, Ruth is a model for us, I think, of how to receive grace. Seeking, humble, thankful, amazed. How, how could you notice me? She says as Boaz notices her, a foreigner. And then she knows her need of grace. May I continue to find favor in your eyes, my Lord, she said. That word favor is the same as grace. You know, that's how we, we need to come to Jesus, humble, thankful, amazed that he would notice you and me, uh, knowing our need of grace. That's how we're going to come to communion this morning, humble, thankful, knowing our need of grace. Empty hands as we pray in that prayer of humble access. Uh, receiving grace always comes first, and so we come empty-handed to receive grace uh, as Ruth did. And then, and then I think Boaz is a model for us of how to us give grace. Uh, a man of compassion, a man of faith. He notices those who others don't notice. He's full of practical love and provision. He ensures that Ruth is safe and cared for and supported. And so he challenges us this morning, I think, to be people of grace. We're those who come empty-handed to, to the Lord Jesus. He fills us up with his spirit and he sends us out to be people of grace towards others. Our time, our talents, our resources, our treasure, we're to hand them to him to use us in this world, in our lives, in our relationships, in our homes. Let's receive grace and then let's be those who give grace to others.